0: BMG Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. Hello there once again. You are with Kev Poulton for another Journey and this time around, Steve Bowen, local entertainer. He's been in nightclubs, at functions and even on radio over the years and entertained many generations here on the border. And we started off with his ties to Aubrey-Wodonga.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was actually born in Gisborne in Victoria and uh, family moved here when I was about three. Uh, so I've been here ever since. So, uh, yeah, pretty much grown up all my life in Aubrey, went to school. I went to school at uh, Hume Public School and then from Hume Public School to Murray High School and then uh, uh, left Murray High School and went on from there. I've got, there's a pretty interesting story actually. I'm actually a fitter and turner by trade. Not many people know that and I don't tell too many people in case they get me to do like real work. Um, So yeah, I did that and uh, I was very young. I was still 19 years of age and uh, thought, gee, will I do another apprenticeship or will I, so yeah, I did what every 19 year old does and yeah I became a life insurance agent
0: <laughs> <laughs> so fitter and Turner that trade where was that for you i'm I'm gonna take a guess Dsi ION, BTR Borg Warner it would have been Borg Warner days I'm guessing. it
1: was yes yeah. uh, and it was like being at school still because at the time I did my apprenticeship there were seventeen other people of my age in the first year apprenticeships they took a lot of apprentices out so it's like still being in school in a way and uh, yeah so it was a it was a great start I just left school because I was a pain in the bum to my mum and dad and uh, i pretty much you know wanted to fight them uh and said that i'd leave school and thinking that it'll be great because i'll get them annoyed and they'll have a crack at me (laughs) uh to which they said oh yeah sure no worries as long as you get an apprenticeship and i sort of went oh that didn't work so i just applied for the first job I uh, took the first job I applied for and I didn't even know what a fitter and turner was.
0: Yeah and then you went on to sell insurance. I did. Was successful at that? How uh, was it?
1: Very uh, yeah. actually uh, so I uh, went to National Mutual as a life insurance agent and I became one of the top 50 agents in Victoria for uh, selling disability insurance at a, at a young age of 21 and uh, it was good and What happened was, though, the income, it was a a total commission. So one week you made lots of money and three more weeks you made nothing. Mm. So I was looking for something a little bit more stable. uh, And at the time I did a bit of extra study in that and realised I probably should have stayed at school. Uh, And I uh, applied for the job at Westpac as their financial consultant. And uh, I didn't get the job. Um, I I rang up to say, hey, I should have the... uh, should have the appointment by now and the lady from Wagga said oh no no uh he's interviewing today and I said oh okay and then not two minutes after that the postman came through gave me a letter wrote it read it and said you've been unsuccessful in your job thanks very much blah 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 and I went what become one of the top 50 agents in Victoria within three years at National Mutual I thought I deserved an interview so I walked over the road where Westpac was sat down uh, and I said, oh, I just want to see uh, the boss about uh, the job for the uh, financial consultant. They said, oh, oh, what's your name? I said, oh, Steve Bowen. She said, you're not on the list. I said, that's okay. I'll wait. She said, but, but he's interviewing uh, five people. It could be quite a while. No problem. So I waited. And uh, when I came out, when he came out with the first interview, she said, that guy over there, he's waiting to speak to you about this job, but he's not on the list. <laughs> and he said, he came over and he goes... Uh, Yeah, you're right. I said, yeah, I just want seven minutes of your time. Oh, oh, I'm interviewing. I could take a while. No problem. I'll wait. So two and a half hours later, I waited. Um, He came in. And each time he came out to get the new interviewee, he kept looking over and saying, oh, he's still there. He's still there. So I, um, yeah, so I waited. And then I went in and uh, shared with my experience. And he went, oh, hang on a second. And he Got it all faxed through and he said, well, well, oh, this is the problem. I said, oh, what's that? He said, oh, you filled out the uh, personality profile, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, the personality profile goes like this, but we want it to go like that. I said, well, I pretty much filled out your personality, pro- your personality profile how I thought Westpac would want me to. Oh, no, we're looking to take over the world with insurance and take on the insurance companies with all our things. I said, "No, oh, okay, well, I didn't really... Fill it out properly. He said, Well, would you like to do it again? <laughs> of course I would. <laughs> Filled it out the other way. And uh that was Friday. On the Monday I had the job.
0: Wow. Hmm.
1: Where did the entertainment start? Uh it started whilst I was at Borg Warner as a fitter and turner. Uh yeah. just weekends, just doing a few little uh, gigs here and there. And uh, you know, it was good fun. I loved dancing and I got into it because I loved music and uh, uh, you know, I was at a nightclub one time and said, hey, uh, I'd love to DJ. I went up to the DJ. Oh, gee, could reckon you could teach me how to DJ? And he said, yeah, sure, mate. Come back next week. Just, you know, before the club opens. Oh, okay, cool. I went, gee, that was easy. So I was there waiting before the club opened next week and he walks in with his records. And for the kids watching this, uh, they're big black round things. But <laughs> anyway, um, and he says, you are right, mate? I said, yeah, yeah. You told me to come back to learn how to DJ uh, before the club opens. So i am he goes mate no one ever comes back bud oh oh all right well you better come in okay cool show me a bit he said you better come back next week all right so next week i came back and he walked up before the club opened. he goes mate you're here again you told me to come back <laughs> so anyway took me in and. He just got that job at the nightclub, and he had a mobile disco business happening, and he needed a DJ for there. But he said, "You won't be paid for twelve months. You won't go out on your own for twelve months. I've got another guy that'll come with you." I said, "Okay, that's fine." Within two months, I was being paid and going out by myself. So, well done. It's pretty cool.
0: It's awesome. How do you think other people describe you, Steve Bowen?
1: <laughs> I learnt that uh, other people's opinions are none of my business. <laughs> Uh, Look, I I think uh, people perceive me as someone really out there, and uh, I'm confident enough to do that, but I only do that when I need to. Uh, I know where the line is. I'm a good business person, uh, and that's why I'm still in business. I'm a good entertainer. Uh, I work hard at what I do. Uh, So I think other people's opinions are a little bit skewed to what the real Steve Bowen is, though. Yeah.
0: Fair answer. What do you do with your spare time, mate? So everyone knows you're an entertainer. We've recently seen good coverage of you and your different Targa events. Uh, I think Tasmania was at last year, but most recently the high country. Yes. Is that is that Steve Bowen unwinding after years of late nights, you know, coming <laughs> home to a, a, a substantial family, I guess, in, in today's modern day, you know, four, four kids?
1: Yeah. Um. So I look, uh, without a doubt, just to wind down and just to slow down, I like to race cars and go as fast <laughs> as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so i've been racing cars for about 10 years now i, I had a, a classic car and and what happened was i had the opportunity to drive it around winton race uh raceway one time and drove a classic car around there and um went flat out and loved it and thought gee this is good i won't break my uh my classic car so i bought uh, i bought a race car and started from there so and it, and and because everything that i do i want to i'm i'm all in you know like i you know i play poker i'm all in If I want to race cars, I'm all in, and so uh, you know I've moved up to the top category in um, in Targa. Uh, When I say moved up, you know, purchased uh, a newer vehicle, and uh, and we stuck it to them over the weekend. So it was it was really good, and you know I love it, and I've still got lots to learn, but it's a it's a great pastime for me.
0: Uh, what about volunteer roles, Steve? I'm sure over the years, plenty of people have come to you. In fact, I know they've come to you and said, oh, "I've got this fundraiser, I've got this cause." Or what? What have you found to be the ones closest to your heart over the years? Where it's been not so much a chore, I guess, to give the time. I mean, you'd help everyone. I know you would if you could. But what do you like to be involved in?
1: Look, I I love supporting others because there are plenty of other people far less, uh, you know, fortunate than myself. And uh, I've got two arms, two legs, and so I found um, a really cool thing and a really great word called gratitude. And gratitude broken down is great attitude. And uh, attitudes are, are contagious. And one of my mentors one day said, is yours worth catching? So, you know, I worked on making sure that I have an attitude that's worth catching. And uh, I help a lot of, you know, less fortunate people than myself. Um, and it's great. You, you don't do it so that you get the accolades. You get actually something back out of it as soon as you've uh, given that support it's a really it's a really great thing to be able to support someone else and and see them either lifted up a bit so i've been involved with country hope with uh, with children with uh, with uh, cancer and uh, people ask me I oh, G, why are you associated with that I, it wasn't anything because i had lost someone with cancer or anything of that nature uh but then whilst that time i was there you know i lost a sister-in-law with cancer and uh and a few other people uh, since, so it's been a very rewarding journey in that respect. Um, I, I get asked every week to do some form of charity or fundraiser, and uh, and I say yes to quite a few, and unfortunately, yeah, you have to say no every now and then to some. But uh, you know, it, it's all about you know what you throw out is what you get back. It's a, it's very much, um, and often it comes back tenfold.
0: Mm. What's a fun fact that you can tell me now? Perhaps uh, something you don't think many people in the world know, or maybe something about yourself that that no one knows.
1: Um, I don't know whether you call it a fun fact. Like people often, as you've alluded to before, you know, see my my, my coloured suits and, uh, and and with my long curly hair. Probably uh, I wouldn't call this a fun fact, but uh, the reason why I've got long hair, and I haven't sort of shared it with lots of people, it's not a public thing. Uh, but it's uh, about to be. It is, yeah. Well, I don't know whether I should share it now. Um, my uh, my mum died when I was uh, when I was in my mid uh, mid twenties, and my mum had curly hair, so um, uh, I've grown my hair ever since my mum died. Fantastic. Mm, so it's a little tribute to her.
0: Good on you, mate, and that's something that I can, I've can i known you for many years, Steve, and, and I didn't know that until now, so thanks for sharing.
1: And and also, like, a, a part of the branding, I wanted to see whether, if I had long hair, whether I could still be respected, whether I could still do anything that anyone else did, and it's all about, you know, it's all about image, and, uh, and so it's become part of my branding, um, unconsciously, for want of a better word, but obviously consciously now. Um, so, you know, the day that I decide to cut my hair off, I'll do it to make sure that... Uh, we raise lots of money for a charity,
0: and it's a statement. Mm. Uh, what do you consider to be your biggest achievement in life so far—business, personal, whatever you, it is? What do you find you can look back at so far and go, "Geez, glad that happened," or, or "I managed to be part of that."
1: Oh, look, there's so many things, Kev. I don't know. I don't know whether there's one major thing that, that really stands out for me. I think becoming a dad, uh, becoming a father, yeah, you know, is pretty awesome. And look, and having this success in, in the business uh, that that I've been able to have in my own hometown has been a really uh, you know great blessing. Uh, and, and, and helping other, you know, helping other charities, winning citizen of the year, because it's not something that you you do things for so that you can win. Um, you know, someone uh, uh, put in an application on my behalf and then, you know, all of a sudden away she goes. So just to have that recognition and and to say hi to you know, I love saying hi to people, whether they're, you know, uh, whether they I do a lot of work with the special needs community and uh, you know I love it probably I've probably got more special needs than anyone so you know and I say that lovingly I've got a special needs 26 um, year old with autism at home um, so that's helped me also communicate better it's helped me um, understand uh, the, about you know people who are less fortunate so you know it's a really great grounding you know, and I've learned a lot uh, from him and uh, and from that situation
0: try to see how serious we go with this next one what's okay. what's the toughest decision you think you've had to make in life
1: oh, i think uh toughest decision has been to uh, it's been to be honest with people i think being honest with people initially is tough but it's the best thing to do i've found so to be honest with people uh either share with them why uh, you think they could improve to share with them why you think uh, this is great um I don't know whether I'd call that tough. It's it, but it's definitely uh, worked for me, and mm. it's definitely uh, something that you don't have to look behind your shoulders all the time about. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Mm, good one. Now I know you're a very positive man, but but what do you think's potentially one of the worst things that's happened in your life?
1: Pretty easily, probably my mum passing away. Yeah. Um, and but. It, that being worst, it's also been a great inspiration as well too. So instead of saying why, 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 and I've never really done that, um, for me it was about uh, feeling grateful, feeling gratitude, about having, you know, 20-odd years of my life with her uh, and then looking to do things to uh, continue on to either make her and my dad proud who's who's still around with me at the moment and, um, yeah, my family. So, so yeah, look, I... Um, you know, I, you know, I love it. And uh, even though that was a tough thing, I've turned it into something that's, uh, that's, you know, real positive for me as well.
0: Best thing that's ever happened to you?
1: Oh, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully it hasn't happened yet. Hopefully there's still much better things to do.
0: Yeah, with. yeah, fair enough. So if you could be anywhere in the world tomorrow, now I know you've got a busy diary, <laughs> you, you know where you're going to be two years from now, sometimes more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you could be anywhere in the world tomorrow, you know, finances, income, all those things, don't have to worry, where would you put yourself and I guess who would be with you?
1: For me, uh, look, I'd probably just still be doing what I'm doing. Hmm. I really would. Uh, you know, it, it, it's very rare that you get something that you love doing. And, you know, I love entertaining. I love making other people happy and being part of their special uh Moments, and it's not until someone in the street says, Hey, you're at my grad. I'll say, Oh, you sure? What year 12? They say, No, no, year six. I say, oh, How old are you? And they say, I'm oh, 45. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> <cool. laughs> I was about to say, How many generations of weddings are we up to, Steve? Oh, and- I'm,
1: I'm into uh, doing lots of my friends' uh, children's weddings, which is once again a great honor. I mean, I feel I'll probably continue to do this for another 10 years or so provided people are happy to have me at their events but I you know I really love I've got more into the the planning um and and the atmosphere uh and helping coach people with their day especially from a wedding point of view as opposed to just playing music and, and you know just emceeing it's a very much a, a holistic approach
0: so you're sort of touching there on on what I think you you now recognize nationally um for is that unique entertainment style it's more than just playing music and introducing a couple or or whatever it might be when did that light bulb moment happen at what point you obviously started you said sort of nightclubs and a couple of mobile discos at what point did you realize that one you could offer more than that Two, your team could offer more than that when was that light bulb moment
1: look for me it was in the early 90s um you know i was DJing and and it was going great and uh, you know I loved dancing as well as a part of that performance and I think I probably always wanted to be maybe an actor or something of that nature as well too Um, and so this was a great way to to express that uh, you know that talent and um, so for me I went one day and I watched the four kinsmen and the four kinsmen for those who don't know are a group who do not just singing uh, they do mime they do. Um, they've got puppets or ventriloquy, ventriloquists. Um, they 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 do comedy. And I was in the audience, and there was a there was people from the ages of eight to eighty. And I was watching the audience and just seeing how enthralled everyone was. And I thought, wow, that would be great to be able to to be able to cross those levels, you know? Because like last night I did a school disco. Tonight uh, for Year Six. Tonight I'm doing a Year Twelve Grad. And, you know, and then, you know, next week I'll be doing a wedding and the week after a corporate uh, corporate event at the Gold Coast. So I love that diversity. Uh, it keeps me fresh uh, and it keeps me uh, always, um, you know, striving for, for new goals and new areas to, uh, uh, to, to you know, express yourself. Mm.
0: So I know that you believe understanding your audience is key, preparations king. Why are both of those things, particularly in your field? But if you take it across to somewhere else, why is that important?
1: Well, as you said before, um, I've been fortunate enough to be uh, the chairman um, or the chairperson of the uh, of the National DJ uh, Association of Australasia, uh, and so therefore internationally, we've connected with some other uh, other organisations in Canada and UK, and and also some other US. So it, probably becoming a little bit uh, wider and far. Uh, known as well too so I'll be going over there hopefully in the next few years to do some guest speaking in that respect what was the question again? <laughs>
0: Why is it important to, oh, yes. to understand your yes. audience and Look, be prepared?
1: I think as you get more experience the, the idea of just doing a job and then leaving and going again for me especially for a personal uh, event uh, just didn't give me the, the fulfilment I was looking for and also to see the difference of the impact you can make on someone else's day so for me, uh, without a doubt, is to get to know a, a couple, for example, for their wedding um, or for a, a particular event, do a little bit of research on that, find out and dive into their lives a little bit more, uh, and then you understand their their, their thought patterns, uh, their dreams, their aspirations, and then you can help that outcome as well too. So, uh, and also still throwing in a few surprises, you know, and surprises that, you know, my logo is serious fun and people don't think I'm serious but I'm dead set serious about making sure people have an awesome time at their event.
0: Mm. Flat out. So you've got to ask you some business-based questions. Go. And and you may have already touched on some of these along the way but So i to talk passion. What are you passionate about?
1: Look, I'm passionate about life, Kev. Uh, For me to be passionate, um, I've got, I used to have goals all the time and when I achieved those goals, I became complacent and a little bit sort of dull because I thought, wow, I've got to reset another goal and then I had to keep resetting goals and resetting goals and the more I kept resetting goals, the more I achieved them and I became in this sort of of circular wheel and, and it was a bit, you know, I didn't want to keep resetting goals all the time. So what I developed is a purpose. And so what makes me so passionate is I have a life purpose or um, called the gravestone purpose, not to be morbid, but if I was to have three things written on my gravestone uh, when I'm dead, what would it be? And so I need to make sure that I live those things. Otherwise, you know, it, it won't be true. So my three um, life purposes are one is to suck as much air out of every day as I possibly can. In other words, live life to the fullest. Two to love those people around me that I, you know, that are in my life and to love them um, wholeheartedly. And three, to be as happy as I possibly can. That is, and so I can wake up every day and feel that. I can wake up every day and achieve that. And then I've got to wake up the next day and do that and the next day and do that. So I don't ever have to change that goal. And I'm pretty confident that if I died tomorrow, that if that was written on my uh, gravestone, that people would go pretty close.
0: Fair's fair. Let's talk innovation. How do you encourage innov- innovative thinking within your organisation?
1: Look, I love creating new things. Um, and, and look, in change, uh, people hate change, but change is inevitable. And it, as much as we don't like it, uh, it, it, when you get butterflies, that's a sign of growth and, and, and also a sign of nervousness. And this, the same uh, emotions or feelings you have when you're nervous are the same feelings you have when you're excited. You know you, you know, you get sweaty palms, you get butterflies in the tummy. So I learned to call it not nervous anymore. I learned to call it I'm excited. And I'm excited about growth so that if I do make a mistake, that I'm going to learn and I'm going to get better. And so I embrace mistakes, uh, provided I don't do the same mistake twice. <laughs> That's the definition of foolishness or, or of an idiot or whatever. Uh,
0: understanding. How do you ensure that your team understands and are aligned to your business's core values?
1: Great question uh, about aligning, uh, you know, the team with your core business values. I think having an autistic son has helped me communicate. It's made me a good communicator. People who I aspire to are people who are great communicators. And even though you might hate some of the roles they're doing, like, you know, I would never want to be the Prime Minister, but I believe all the prime ministers have got there because they're good communicators now they might stay there for for too long (laughs) but you know definitely about being a, a good communicator is a great way to make sure the you know the team is all on board and also giving them ownership i think giving them ownership and some responsibility around their roles within the business uh has really uh helped them step up and allow me to maybe take a step back a little bit and and uh work on the business plus also work on my role as an entertainer too because I don't want to just be the boss, I'm really happy to be the coach and uh, because I still love to entertain, I'll never stop doing that I'll have someone run my business for me before I'll stop uh, entertaining
0: Results, how do you keep your team working together to achieve a shared goal which I guess for you is, um, is uniformity and particularly take that to the next level a national level?
1: Yeah look I think the greatest thing about my team, and they're all very different, and the best thing I've found for them to be is be themselves. Don't try and be, ever be a, another Steve Bowen. Um, and I don't try and be them either. And so when someone says to me, oh, wow, you know, he's a, you, you're the second, you know, somebody. No, no, don't be the second somebody. Be the first you. Be the first you. Um, you know, by all means, uh, you know, have mentors and look up to people, but be the first you. Uh, so it's about being authentic. So I want my team to be authentic. Uh, yep, sure, we have a, a set of structures that we that we follow or, or guidelines, but do it in your way. You know, develop those things. It's not about being, uh, it's not about telling jokes. Um, people always come up to me and say, oh, Steve tells a joke. Because, you know, like I like having fun, but I'm not a joke teller. Mm. I'm a situational gagger. But I'm not a joke teller.
0: You can have fun, but you're not funny.
1: Yeah. I'm funny to look at. I'm funny to look at, but, uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a joke teller.
0: Leadership. What is one of, one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess?
1: Uh, once again, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate, communication skills um, and, and authenticity. So, uh, And I think having empathy as well, too, understanding where people are from, I, I, I've... Um, you know, when someone calls in sick or someone's not well or someone's had, got a challenge, you know, for my team, uh, I like to be there for them as a holistic approach for their life because, you know, they don't just work for you. Uh, they're a part of your life. So, uh, you know, as, as you would know, you'd worked for mm. me before and, you know, your family becomes part of our family.
0: Just got to be human. That's probably it. the way to summarise that. This is the final one, Steve. Drive. What drives you to keep doing what you do?
1: I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: It's as simple as that. Love what you do and you'll easy. keep doing it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you know, so, look, it doesn't feel like work sometimes. I put in a lot of hours. People would would not uh, appreciate how many hours I put in. But, you know, I absolutely love it. And, you know, you get the rewards for it and that becomes easy.
0: Steve Bowen, I'm going to make sure Travis is handy on the uh, camera for this one So I'm now going to say thank you so much for your time. And I believe it would only be appropriate if we uh, end shaking left-handed for this particular video, so (laughs) thank you for your time and before you do go, the left hand shake a lot of people have come across it, I love watching how people get confused by it what's the background of it?
1: Look, it's a great opener, Kev, Uh, look I I use the world as a bit of a laboratory you know, different humans as a laboratory just to assess people, see where they're at because I love connecting with people on, on different levels, and I'm left-handed and and I like to buck the system, of like why do we shake right-handed? Now, the, the, the uh, reality is, or, or, or the olden day times, is that you, know, you were supposed to have your sword in your right hand and your shield in your left. To show that you were unarmed, you shook right-handed so that you didn't have your sword in the hand. Now, no one carries swords anymore. <laughs> or a shield. Or a shield. <laughs> and we all have masks, so don't worry about that.
0: Thanks for listening to The Journey. At BMG Partners, they enable people to achieve their dreams. And if listening to this conversation got you thinking about your journey and whether you're on track, they'd love to hear from you. Head to bmgpartners.com.au. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.